I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which from personal experience I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often. So stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Hey there, and welcome back to Practical Stoicism. My name is Tanner Campbell. I'm your host. And before we get started, a friendly reminder that if you'd like to get rid of ads and these little kind of calls to action at the beginning of episodes, you can do that by going to stoicism.supercast.com and becoming a premium subscriber to this podcast. You will get an ad-free feed. It'll get straight to the point, and it'll cost you just $6 a month. Also, at some point, there are going to be longer-form episodes coming with interviews that might be, you know, a few months down the road, but we'll get there. And those longer episodes will have even more ads in them, so there's even more of an incentive, I think, for you to become a premium subscriber. It's only $6 a month. Does me a lot of good. I truly appreciate it. Does you a lot of good by getting rid of obnoxious ads I'm sure you don't want to hear. And maybe one day I'll do this full-time. Who knows? If you can't afford to support the show monetarily, you can support the show in a different way, by sharing it with your friends who you think might like it, or by leaving it a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or Podchaser.com. Whatever you choose to do, however you choose to support the show, know that I'm grateful first and foremost for you being here and listening. I think we're doing good work together, and I couldn't be here if you weren't here, and that's enough for me ultimately. I'm not going anywhere. In today's episode, we will go through the fourth meditation of Book 2, and that meditation reads as follows. Remember how long thou hast been putting off these things, and how often thou hast received an opportunity from the gods, and yet dost not use it. Thou must now, at last, perceive of what universe thou art a part, and of what administrator of that universe thy existence is an efflux and that a limit of time is fixed for thee, which, if thou dost not use for clearing away the clouds from thy mind, it will go, and thou wilt go, and it will never return. Of the meditations reviewed thus far, in fact, of all the meditations in the meditations, none hit home more for me than this one. This may be the meditation that stopped me from putting the book down after first picking it up just a few hours earlier all those years ago. Because, as I've mentioned in a previous episode, I'm an atheist. And so, a little odd to hear some of these words about divinity and a conscious cosmos, and that's, that was all very triggering, I guess, for me as a younger atheist. But this meditation, 
it kept me going. It really got me. I thought, oh, there's something that these, you know, old Greek guys, in this case, old Roman guys, seem to really grasp. And it sounded important when I read it. Maybe it sounds important to you now as you hear it. Remember how long thou hast been putting off these things, and how often thou hast received an opportunity from the gods, and yet dost not use it. Think of all the times that you have said something akin to, I'm going to get such and such about my life in order. I'm running out of time. I've just got to do it. It's going to get harder the older I get. If you've said that a lot, and I will tell you that I used to say that a lot, a lot, it means that you've spent a lot of time aware of something that you find problematic and in need of solving or changing, but that you've been procrastinating acting on it. Perhaps you are still procrastinating acting on it as you listen to this episode. For me, personally, it's always been getting healthy. I'm getting pretty close to 40. I'm 39 now. And I know that working out and getting my body into better shape is only going to get harder the older I get, the longer I put it off. But here I am, still, for the most part, putting it off. Maybe your thing is the same as my thing. I think the getting healthy thing is a pretty common thing. Or maybe it's different. But what Marcus is telling us in this first line is that we're going to die. We have no idea when, and we've been nothing more than fortunate to live for this long. We should recognize all of this, and then we should look at what we're procrastinating and do something about it before it's too late. A little bit of a sidebar here. A few years ago, I came across this chart that you could buy online. It was a series of small squares. The squares were arranged in rows and columns, totaling what seemed like a really large number of squares. Every single square was equal to one week. And every row of squares was equal to, I think, three years. The idea was that you could shade in the squares as the weeks passed in order to get a visual representation of how much time you had left to live. The chart started at zero years and ended, I want to say, at like 90 years. I bring this up because it's pretty easy to find comfort in the statement, I've got another 40 years, that's plenty of time. And it's harder to find the same amount of comfort in... I've got 20 rows left until I die, right? That's very different. And of course, this all sounds pretty morbid, I'm sure. But Marcus's message is one worth keeping in mind whenever we consider the things we've been putting off. Do we ever want to get to these things really? Are we being honest with ourselves? If the answer is yes, we should act like we're running out of time. Because we are running out of time and none of us know how quickly. Thou must now at last perceive of what universe thou art a part, and of what administrator of the universe thy existence is efflux. Remember, this translation's from 1860-ish, so what's being said here is essentially, hey, remember what universe you live in. Remember what's real. And remember what universe all of your, almost like youth, springs from. As in, this is the world you live in. And every good thing and bad thing that happens to you happens in this world. So wake up, stop daydreaming. And this kind of reminds me of being young and feeling as though I needed to fit in where people wanted me to fit in and not where I wanted to fit in or where I felt drawn to fit in. All of us have an identity. And I feel we know it pretty early on. We know our personalities pretty early on. I think they form pretty early on. But we struggle to enforce those personalities or, you know, our identities among our peers and our family members for fear of being ostracized or looked poorly upon. Perhaps, for example, your family has a history of sons or daughters who become lawyers or doctors, but you feel, you specifically, feel drawn to become a school teacher. 
it can feel a little terrifying to stand up to all that history and tradition and say, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to do my own thing, this other thing. I'm going to become, a, in this example, school teacher. And I think in the earlier parts of our adulthood, it's very, very easy to start down a path that isn't the one we prefer. Of course, you don't know this early on, but as you get older, as I'm getting older, I see it. I know a lot of men and women between 40 and 50 who feel trapped in careers they never wanted, but that they are now too deeply rooted in to change, or at least they feel like they are too deeply rooted to change. This is how they tell me they feel. The longer we are stuck where we don't want to be, the harder it is to escape where we don't want to be. But remember, you are going to die. Do you want to die like this? Do you want to die having never resolved your lack of fulfillment? That desire to not die that way should be enough to motivate you over any fears you have about judgment from family or friends. Marcus is telling us that at some point, you have got to realize the source from which you spring. And by that, he means nature. And you've got to get in alignment with it or you're going to die miserably. But we could change this a bit. We could modernize it a little. We could say that it is important to recognize the things that we are passionate about, the things that make us who we are, the things we care most about, so that we can come into full alignment with those things, with ourselves, before we die unfulfilled and miserable. Get in alignment with nature and get in alignment with your nature. And that a limit of time is fixed for thee, which if thou dost not use for clearing away the clouds from thy mind, it will go, and thou wilt go, and it will never return. Again, you're going to die. No matter what your personal philosophy is, this is one of those few truths that have no regard for it. Your mortal life will end. Your ability to improve, your opportunity to improve, to change, to have impact on the world around you, on your communities, your friends, your families, the world at large, that's going to go away. And it could be today. As you sit right where you're sitting or standing right now listening to this podcast, you could suffer a heart attack seemingly out of nowhere for no reason. You're the healthiest person you've ever met, but you could die right now. A friend of mine, to get a little personal here, literally dropped dead at the age of 49 from an aneurysm. When I was in my late teens, my friend Dave died after being hit by a drunk driver. Everyone involved, in fact, except one person died. Dave at the time couldn't have been more than 20. And when I was seven or eight, a boy down the street from my grandmother's house, whose name was Mackie, if I recall, was hit while playing near the street outside of his rural Connecticut home. It was a hit and run. And I don't think the driver was ever found. I don't think the family ever got closure on that. And I'm sharing these anecdotes really just to drive home the idea that any of us could go any day. We could go today, tomorrow, a hundred years from now, but we're going to go. Our time is going to run out. And as Marcus says, if we don't use it to do the things we know are important to us and important to those around us, it will be gone. That opportunity will be gone and it will never return. You're going to die. What do you want to make sure you do before that happens? Marcus is talking about getting a hold of your chaotic mind and taming yourself. This piece of advice is broadly applicable. And if you are not already employing it in your daily life, I hope that you will start right now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Practical Stoicism. If you enjoyed it, if you learned something from it, consider leaving a review of this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or Podchaser.com. 
Again, if you'd like to get rid of ads and if you'd like to support the show, you can become a premium subscriber by going to stoicism.supercast.com and any support you can give, I would greatly appreciate. Thank you again for listening and until next time, take care. Thank you.